Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Stefan Schlugel, as he brings a message on a Sunday service. Now, the title of my, this morning's message is not entirely uncommon. Uh, I've been ministering around the presence of God, uh, you know, on and off over the years. In fact, earlier on this year, we, we had a, a couple of messages there entitled Following God's Presence in 2022. Um, I want to come around it again um, and uh, really focus on God's presence, focus on God's power, and if we get enough time, we'll focus on God's purpose, all right? So we got the presence, we got the power, and we got the purpose. Uh, let me talk about pursuing God's presence. What does that look like, and what does that mean to us today? Acts chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But God was fulfilling all that the prophets have foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will, send, uh, and he will again send Jesus, your appointed Messiah. <clears throat> so here is a, a part of a sermon that... Uh, Peter the Apostle preached to the people there. He strongly exhorted them to repent of their sins, he says, and be washed of your sins. He says, repent uh, and turn to God that your sins may be wiped away. Um, and then he says, and then times of refreshing will come. In fact, I found over the years that in my own life uh, and watching other people's lives, when people sort of just, you know, mosey along and, you know, when they get into, in, into a sort of a groove uh, and sometimes, you know, it's a bit of this, a bit of that, when people say, okay, this is not the way to live my life and they will repent of their lives, uh, repent should I say of things that are going on in their lives, next minute they're experiencing times of refreshing, all right, because the repentance comes first and then comes times of refreshing. Um, and here in, uh, in, in it says, he says, times of refreshing, times plural, not just one refreshing, but again and again and again. And you know, we've just had a time of refreshing during our conference a couple of weeks ago, and wow, what a tremendous time we had. Uh, day sessions for those of you that were able to get there, and evening sessions, uh, just absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Many people have significantly encountered God's power uh, in terms of healing, in terms of deliverance and so forth. And, and I feel that for us, uh, it, it's always good to remind ourselves that we have to continue to press on, uh, that we maintain the ground that's been gained, that we're not allowing things to wane and to slip back into a sort of a groove and into a settledness, that we continue to press on into God's presence uh, and maintain the increased level of God's power. Times of refreshing. Uh, as I say, over the years, I've experienced times of refreshing. I know you have too, but there's certain things that we can do that that is a constant rather than an every now and then, that constantly we are being refreshed and constantly we are being strengthened and so forth because, my goodness, do we need God's strength in these last days with everything that's going on? So here in Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2, and then on into to verse 4. There's a fantastic scripture here that helps us uh, in the area of, uh, you know, the presence of God and, and times of worship and so forth. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. 
be thankful to him and bless his name. Um, I've, I, there had been enough time. I was thinking about underlining in, the, in those three verses, the underlining all the doing words. Uh, you know, all the verbs, all the doing words. Uh, he says, uh, he says joy, be joyful, all right? He says, serve the Lord. And then it speaks about gladness. And there's a message coming through. Um, it goes on, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You see, this, this is the prescribed way of entering into God's presence. Uh, and then it says, come into his courts with praise. Uh, so we come with praise. We don't just come with a complaint or we don't come with a, oh God, it's not happening. We come with praise uh, because that sets us up to receive our needs met uh, uh, and so forth. And then uh, it says, be thankful to him. Be thankful. Um, you know, at one stage I made a mental note uh, uh, way back when I first got saved and I heard about being thankful. Uh, it speaks about it in the Old Testament, speaks about it in the New Testament. I made a mental note of about a half a dozen things to give thanks uh, to God for uh, whenever I think of giving thanks. Uh, and of course, one of those would be salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you saved my life. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you filled me with your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for, 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 for my church. Thank you, Lord, for, for my family, for, for, my, for my wife, for my children. Thank you, Lord, for my job. Thank you, Lord, for, for all the good things that I'm enjoying. And I want to make that a habit, that I want to be a thankful person. I don't want to be a griper. I don't want to be a complainer. I want to be a thankful person because it sets me up to experience more of God. And anyway, <laughs> being thankful is just the right thing to do. So it says, come before his presence with singing. We've just spent a time of uh, singing to the Lord and uh, you know, it's interesting when it says, come before his presence. And we're now speaking about the presence of of God. You know, the Bible tells us that God is everywhere. His presence is literally everywhere. All right. We speak of the omnipresence, which is a, a term the Bible scholars use that mean meaning God is everywhere. All right. But then the Bible also speaks about his manifest presence. And there are two different things. You know, God is everywhere in his omnipresence, but then God chooses to manifest his presence presence at a certain time, in a certain place, at a th certain th geography, uh, and sometimes that is God's presence over a whole nation, not just over a, a, an individual life, or over, over a family, or over a region, but over a whole nation. Um, and, you know, we could speak of revivals that have, have happened uh, uh, down through the centuries where, where a whole nation is in the grip of God, uh, and, and we want that. We want that for our nation, all right? So, but here's the deal, friends. When God's people worship freely, His presence manifests in our midst. There's something about that whole area of praising and worshiping God. We are entering. We are entering His presence. Uh, and uh, so, in other words, we are in the omnipresent all the time, in the omnipresence of God. But to enter His manifest presence, it requires us to come with singing, with worship, with gratitude, with thankfulness, uh, and so forth. Um, and every, everybody's got something to be thankful for. Sometimes people's lives are not so good. You know, there's not a whole lot of positive things go, going on, but everybody can thank God for something. And even if, like, thank you, God, that I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, that I'm able 
to breathe. Um, thank you, Lord, that I'm able to see and I'm able, you know, these things that we would normally take for granted. You know, somebody said once, aren't you glad that God doesn't charge us for the air that we breathe? It just supplies it freely. Isn't that wonderful? So many people, many believers testify of sensing God's presence, especially during times of worship, especially then. And there's something about that, you see. Uh, and, and it's in your outline. But you see, the intensity of our worship largely determines the intensity of God's presence. So God's presence manifesting it's not a sovereign sort of a deal, like or sometimes he turns it on and sometimes he turns it off. Much of it has to do with how hard we press into God when we are entering his presence. And anybody that understands that in terms of any involvement in the time of praise and worship or in leadership, is like, come on, everybody, come on, let's, let's enter in. Because what, we are, what we're doing is we want to touch the heart of God with worship. And we want him to be with us strongly and powerfully, and that's when miracles begin to take place. That's when his power begins to flow. That's when uh, burdens lift off of people's lives in terms of, you know, who knows uh, whatever people are struggling with. It is in their presence that's where the power flows because the presence and the power of God are connected together. James chapter 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And notice it says, you draw near to God, and then he will draw near to you. And, you know, uh, it's a certain sequences, uh, certain progressions that we see in the Word of God. And we need to be very careful to not miss those things because, uh, well, I'm waiting for God to turn up and say, well, where is God? Well, if, but, but if I'm pressing in, he will turn up. All right? He will turn up. Um, <clears throat> Draw near to God. We used to sing a song around that. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I'm not going to sing it, otherwise I'll embarrass myself. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and that's the deal, friends. But sadly, many Christians have never, never learned to abandon themselves in worship before the Lord. And worship of, of God, of Jehovah, has not been invented by Western minds and by Western people who sometimes, you know, can be a bit, a bit staid. You know, worship in the Jewish world, in Israel, you know, when they got worship going on, the, there is an exuberance, there is shouting, uh, there is, uh, you know, there is dancing, they're waving them banners and them flags, and, uh, and they're dancing around, and that's kind of what, what God wants us to learn, to sort of engage the whole being, spirit, soul, and body. In fact, if we had time, we could, my goodness, we could, we could bring out 10 sessions of our Bible college material there and speak about that whole uh, entering God's presence, what all of that looks like and what all of that means and, and so forth. We just haven't got the time for it. But my brother, my sister, let me encourage you, if you're not already are, become a worshiper. Become a worshiper. And not every Christian is a worshiper. Become a worshiper. Abandon yourself in the presence of God. Don't concern yourself about who is, you know, who, who, who is or might be watching you. And even if they are, they shouldn't anyway. But even if they are, it's not about whether people are watching you. It's about every single one of us touching the heart of God in worship. You see, when 
as we've said before, with people that have never learned how to abandon themselves uh, before the Lord in worship, until they do, you know, for them, um, the presence of God will mostly be a theory only rather than a regular experience. One thing that I've watched over the years, and it still intrigues me, uh, that you get into any meeting, whether that's a prayer meeting, a church service, a special meeting, or whatever is going on, and, or, and, and so forth. And there are people who understand what we're talking about, and they're really sort of hard out going after God and pursuing God. And, and, and there's others that are sort of, uh, you know, just never learned, ne never been encouraged in this area. It's not something, something wrong with people. It's just people, that's why we teach these things. And, uh, and then God does turn up because there are people that are pressing in. And, uh, but, but, but the presence of God is not just there for those that have pressed in, but some of the others are beginning to enjoy it now. Oh, I think God's just turned up now. I said, why don't you become involved? Why don't all of us 100% become pursuers of the presence of God and pressing in? Uh, because that's where the power begins to flow. Let's talk about receiving God's power in your outline under letter B. Receiving God's power. God's presence and God's power connected. And I'm stating the obvious, all right. <laughs> they are connected in the sense that uh, His power flows from His presence. It's not the other way around. Uh, God's power flows from His presence. God's, God's power flows from Him. Um, and when God's presence is strong in a meeting, His power flows strongly to heal, to deliver, to restore, to lift burdens, to destroy yokes. Many people consistently testify. They say, well, I felt like this when I came uh, to, the, to the meeting, and now I'm feeling like that. Something's happened, yet nobody prayed for me, though we pray for people. Nobody touched me, though we believe in the laying on of hands. Nobody anointed me with oil, though we do that uh, at different times. But, but as I said, something lifted off for me. Uh, and that's what happens in the presence of God. So friends, let's make the presence of God a priority. Uh, uh, I, am, I am seeking, um, I don't always, not, not always successful, but I'm seeking to live in the presence of God. Rather than going in and out, I want to live in the presence of God. Little things, you know, when Vanessa and I were first got saved and uh, we learned about the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, uh, you know, stand, stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, uh, put, you know, put on this, put on that and all the different parts. In fact, we went to a whole seminar um, had a camp meeting going on. The whole thing was about the armor of God, and they took us through the various motions of, you know, putting on, you know, the helmet of salvation, the the the, the shoes uh, of the preparation of the gospel, put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and pick up the sword of the spirit, and all of these things. And and you know, there's a make sure you put it on every day, every day. Well, that was good, but then I learned to keep it on. I don't take it off in the evening. I sleep with it on. Okay. And so it is with the presence of God. We can learn uh, to live in the presence of God. And whatever that looks like and whatever that takes, that's what we do. Uh, that's what I'm finding. You know, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit keeps me connected, keeps me, keeps me hooked up. Um, 
and um, and that's one of the ways, and of course, worship and just being thankful and so forth. So let me read from Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, 2 and 3. It says, When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand, and he touched him, and, said, and he said, I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. All right, it's very clear that a miracle has just happened in the life of this leper. Um, and, uh, but what's in interesting is when the leper came, he didn't just say, oh, Jesus, can you do something about my, my leprosy? The Bible says he came to worship. And there is a key here. When we come to worship, despite all the big needs, in fact, I was looking at the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I see that that was just covered in our uh, kids' church area, and that's fantastic, you know, teach young children all of these things. Uh, but, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, from beginning to end, our needs are further down, up the top. And so, our Father, you are in heaven, and holy is your name. Your kingdom come. You will be done on the earth it's, we're now praying for others before we pray for ourselves. We, we're now making intercession for others. Your kingdom come. You will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And now it's down to our own needs. And, and this prayer, <laughs> you know, where I grew up, they prayed this prayer over and over and over. And that's actually not what Jesus uh, uh, meant at all. He gave them a pattern of prayer rather than a prayer to repeat over and over. You know, when you're from the, from the Catholic world where I've come from, it's like it's just repetition over and over. And, you know, certain things are good to repeat, but uh, this is a pattern for prayer, and a, a kind of a, a pattern that you follow when you come before the Lord and you, you start with God and you speak of His greatness and you, you're thankful before you get to your own needs. Now, that's not to say if suddenly something goes down and you call out to Jesus, oh, Jesus, you know, help me, please help me or something. It's fine, but, but you know, we teach ourselves and we train ourselves to acknowledge God before we even start bombarding Him with our own needs. Yet God wants to hear about our needs. God is absolutely good with that. So the leper received his healing after he worshipped Jesus. Amazing. You know, sometimes people say, people say, God, heal me, and then I'll worship you. But God says, no, you worship me. And then you will be well positioned to receive my power for healing, for deliverance, and so forth. And as I say, look, looking through the Gospels, there's numerous examples where people came and worshipped Jesus first. In fact, one of those is that uh, what they call the, the demoniac uh, from the Gadarenes. He was the man that was running around in that particular town in the, in the, in the graveyard, in the tombs. Uh, uh, he was so demon-possessed, he didn't just have one or two demons. He had a whole legion of demons in him running around naked. They tried, to, they tried to tie him up with chains. He broke the chains. He was cutting himself. He was crying uh, out, all, you know, and so forth. And, and when Jesus arrived at the coast... And he walked towards that place. The Bible says that this demon-possessed man came running towards Jesus and he worshipped him. And as that goes on, the demon takes over and starts to speak through the man. Say, oh, Jesus, what do we have to do with you if you come to, you know, torment us or, you know, and so forth. And yet the man, for all of his demons that he had in him, he still knew 
to worship Jesus. What a powerful key. And of course, we know he got his deliverance. Powerful deliverance. Powerful deliverance. And I know it. If we worship God more and, and we come with worship, there'll be more miracles because it's what we see in the Word. There was this Syrophoenician woman that worshipped Jesus before she received deliverance for her demon-possessed girl and the scripture references in your outline there. There was the Jewish ruler that came to Jesus to receive his daughter raised from the dead. But the first thing the man does before he even talks about his daughter, he comes and he worships Jesus. Um, and, you know, when they worshipped, they fell down. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a real, a real sort of a, um, engaging physically in worship. Uh, it's just amazing. Let me read Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It happened on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus. So here is the background. Jesus is sitting in this house, um, and he's teaching the Word of God. Um, in fact, the Bible says that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching, preaching, and healing. That was sort of his main, the summary of his whole ministry, teaching, preaching, healing. He's teaching the Word. Uh, the Bible says Pharisees were there who were part of the, re the religious elite of the day. And the, 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 the teachers or the experts of the law, meaning the law of Moses, uh, and, and Jesus is there teaching, uh, and they're listening to him. And what's amazing is that the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present. Jesus is there, and the power of the Lord is there, present to heal them. Them. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the experts of the law, everybody that was there. But none of them connected with the power of God that was present to heal them because they didn't come for the right reasons. They didn't come to be taught. They tried to listen to see if they could trip him up somewhere. Um, and, uh, but what's interesting is the place was so chocker uh, that uh, there were four men that brought his friend on a stretcher. The man was paralyzed, couldn't walk. So they carried this guy on a stretcher. They tried to bring him in. The place is chocker. So they climb up on the roof, which, uh, you know, with, you know, sort of um, Middle Eastern type, you know, homes with a flat roof. Uh, they climb up on the roof. Uh, they open up the roof tiles and presumably, <laughs> I'm just guessing here, it doesn't specify, but presumably they use some ropes and they let the man down right in front of Jesus. And I'm just thinking here, like, here's Jesus. He's teaching the word to a group of people in a, in a room of, of sorts. And next minute there's some commotion going on up there. And, and next minute the ceiling tiles, next minute sunshine is coming through. And next minute these guys, they let this paralyzed man down in front of Jesus. And he, he's watching this whole thing. Uh, it's like, you know, amazing. Um, and uh, these four men uh, let this man down um, in front of Jesus. In verse 20, this is very significant. Verse 20 says, when he saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Now, we can hear faith by what people say. 
and we can see faith by what people do. Jesus saw their faith, and he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And of course, the Pharisees that were there, just listening to Jesus' teaching, said, Oh, this man is, is, is blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. Uh, and, uh, and of course, Jesus is God, you know. So, so anyway, uh, and then he said to them, Look, he says, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say to this man, Rise up, take up your bed and walk? So the man stood up. He's been paralyzed. We don't know for, for how long, but he was not unable to walk. They had to bring him in. Next minute he gets up, he picks up his bed and he walks out the door. Okay, uh, Jesus saw their faith. And let me encourage you with this thought, my friend. When we press beyond obstacles that are before us, when we push through whatever is going on in front of us, God sees our faith. And in this instance, it was the crowds that they had to push through. In other instances, people got to push past mindsets. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't go there. No, I can't go up. And Oh, no, I've already been, you know, so it's mindsets uh, uh, and so forth. But when we push through, we, we press through. We used to sing a song about pressing in and pressing through. Um, there's something about that uh, where, you know, uh, when we press beyond obstacles that are in our way, Jesus sees our faith, and with our faith we lay a hold, because ultimately we lay a hold of the power of God with our faith. That's how it works. It is with our faith that we grab a hold of the power of God to receive our healing, to receive our deliverance, uh, and um, in fact, uh, during worship time, I was reaching out to God. I received a healing. I wasn't feeling the flesh when I first arrived here, but I'm now a box of birds. I'm just feeling fantastic. All right, so I'm, I'm just saying all of that to, to encourage you, my friend, uh, that uh, there is something there for us every time we come together. And in fact, even if we don't come together, I can go to the Word and start reading the Scriptures and remind myself of the promises. And the power of God is present to heal me right there. I don't have to move, travel from here to there to get healed. I don't have to, you know, find super saint to pray. We can just press in and say, right, here it is. Here's the interesting deal, that sometimes, you know, there's a certain groove that people get into, um, and we say, okay, well, when we first... Uh, when we first uh, come together, you know, we meet and greet, and then we have a time of praise and worship, and then we'll do a couple of announcements, and we'll receive the offering, and then we, we have the Word, and, and then after the Word, we pray for people uh, because, uh, because God wants to move uh, uh, in people's lives. But, but that happens after the Word. Well, Jesus was teaching the Word. And while He's teaching, the power of the Lord is present to heal them. And even as I'm teaching the Word now, the power of God is present ar around you right now for us to reach out and to lay a hold of it. So as I said, some of these mindsets, some of these patterns that we fall into sometimes, not meaning to um, and not purposely, sometimes by default, some of those don't help us. Um, you know, God doesn't want to be restricted. He says, if I want to heal somebody during the preaching, let me do it for goodness sake, you know. 
Just let me touch them. Let me lift that burden off of their lives. Let me, let me, let me get that uh, discouragement out of their life, even as the word is being taught. And yes, you can pray afterwards. God says, yes, I will move, but don't put me in a box. <laughs> a certain woman, Mark 5.25, she had a, a, a flow or an issue of blood for 12 years had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew, grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus and came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, she says, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. See, she spoke. Uh, she said a certain thing. And she says, she says I'm going to press in. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. As soon as I do, I shall be healed. It's not, I'm hoping I will. No, I will be. And... Uh, and uh, immediately, the Bible says in verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him. Now, this is amazing. Like Jesus is in the throng here. There's people pushing him every which way. And this woman is coming in and pressing, you know, pressing through the crowd and pressing through the obstacles that were in front of her. And truth be known, uh, with her condition, she wasn't even be supposed to be amongst people. Uh, there, there was a place for outside the camp for people that had that condition, but she wasn't going to be held down by religious rules. So I'm going to get healed today. And I've heard that Jesus is in town. And I've heard that when peaceful people press towards him and touch the hem of his garment, they will be healed. So that's what I'm going to do today. I've had this condition for 12 years. I've had enough. <laughs> and Jesus turned around to the crowd and he said, Who touched my clothes? <laughs> And his disciples said to him, Oh, Jesus, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? But no, he looked around to see who had done this, uh, you know, who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And it's like Jesus, Jesus could have just carried on at that point. So, okay, somebody touched me. Let's just move on. In fact, he was on his way to Jairus' house uh, to raise somebody from the dead there. So, this, in the meantime, this woman presses in. But I think uh, that part is put in there for us that we get the whole story that here's a woman, 12 years, unwell, no doubt weakened, no doubt spent all her money on doctors, nothing, nothing helped her, and so forth. And on that day, she says, I'm pressing in to Jesus. I'm going to get into his presence, and I'm going to help me to some of the power that's in him that will flow out of him. And that's exactly what she did. Um, and because Jesus felt the power flow out of him. We're talking about the presence and the power of God, that they are connected she came into his presence. She pulled on his power. Um, and she got healed. And Jesus, of course, went through that exercise. Who touched me? Somebody touched me. I felt power. And when she fessed up, she says, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Wow, that's powerful. That is so powerful. 
And what uh, we note from this scripture here is that it wasn't Jesus' faith that she got healed on. It was her own faith. All right? Sometimes people get healed on somebody else's faith, and that's fine. You know, until people develop their own faith, that's fine. You know, God just wants people healed. But somewhere, God wants us to learn to lay a hold of it uh, for ourselves. Uh, and that's what this woman did here. Uh. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.